0: Good day all you fantastic and wonderful people out there. How are you? I hope that you're having a tremendous day as always It is a privilege to be with you. We have another fantastic episode for you today We have Kimberly Friedmutter on and we are talking about how to use your inner mind to create the life you've always wanted Wanted. This is a fantastic episode. We touch on a lot of things around mindset, hypnosis, the subconscious mind, how to overcome blocks, uh, why self-hypnosis is incredibly powerful, mental nutriments, how to de-hypnotize yourself, and all things mental and psychological. She is well known for doing hypnotherapy and therapy. Uh, therapy for very well-known people and uh, kind of popularizing uh, hypnosis and NLP and all these uh, great techniques that should be popularized, that should be in the norm, and I wish that everybody knew how to use them. So you're going to learn a lot in this episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. If you want to share and help and support, you can do that by sharing an episode, taking a screenshot, let me know, tag me on Instagram, let me know where you're listening, Uh, leaving a review on iTunes helps, Um, but the best thing that you can do is do an Act of kindness today to support the show Do something nice for someone else I want to thank my patrons So very much for helping me Continue to do the show and I also want to thank Louis Machi I hope I'm pronouncing your name right One of them has got to be right but you uh, Hooked it up and, and gave me a, um, a Donation which is really rare But I appreciate it. And it really, really helps. Um, So thank you very much. I appreciate that immensely. And for those of you guys who have been inquiring and want to learn more about coaching, I have specific programs for two types of individuals. The first are looking to create a life Around their passions and their fulfillments. Even if you're down in the dumps and you don't even know what your vision would be, how to move forward, um, this process takes you from not even knowing what your passion is. If you have an idea of what your passion is and what you're inspired to do, even better, Uh, we don't have to go through those bottom steps. But the idea is how do you create a life of balance, of inspiration, and move towards what you're really fulfilled, what you're really passionate about, how to make an impact on yourself, on your community and on the planet. So if you're interested in doing that, you want to go through the coaching program. It is pretty intense, um, but we get results and people are doing amazing things. A few of my clients are writing books, some are creating podcasts, uh, some are out in the world doing some really amazing things um, in music. So if you're interested and you want to dive deeper, just go to mattbellaire.com forward slash coaching, fill out the coaching form. If you want to go into some high-performance mindset, consciousness, spirituality, or meditation training, anything like that, also Matt at Zen Athlete, um, we can do training for you. We can do training for your organization, a day talk, whatever it is. Let me know uh, what your needs are, and we can create something specifically for you. Um, we are going to London, England. Uh, David and I, we think that we got help. I think it's we, we got to check and make sure the flights are booked, but we should be going to London, Eng- England for the Soul solstice and we'll be taking measurements at uh stonehenge and we'll be doing teachings down there so all of you uk listeners um if you're about send me a note let me know if you'll be around would love to meet you in person hit me up matt at zenathlete.com or find me on social media let me know where you are but we are planning to be in england uh the weekend of june 19th to 24th i believe and in and around the solstice so would love to see you guys in person. Um, I want to thank my podcast sponsor and partner, the Himalaya Podcast app. They're epic, free easy to use. You can make curated playlists with different episodes with different uh, podcast hosts with different shows and make a really unique playlist. You can communicate and interact with other podcast lovers and listeners. You can even interact with some of the hosts. So if you are wanting to listen to podcasts in a new, awesome, and easy way, check them out. They're, like I said, free easy to use. It's how I listen to all mine. And uh, You can go to the app store, check out Himalaya, H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A and be sure to follow the master mind body and spirit show when you were over there so thank you guys so much make sure you head over to the website sign up for the email list and do all that kind of fun stuff let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we enter this incredible episode so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath And just let it out and set the intention to fill yourself with joy, peace, compassion, personal empowerment, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Kimberly Friedmutter. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. And with her grassroots approach, she is widely known as the mystic in cowboy boots and as the host and producer of her own long-running radio talk show on Howard Stern's KLSX 97.1 FM, Los Angeles. A board-certified master hypnotist and NLP trainer, she has appeared on Entertainment Tonight, The Doctors, TLC, CNN, and many other national media outlets. She is the author of the new best-selling book, Subconscious Power. Use your inner mind to create the life you always wanted. Welcome to the show, Kimberly Friedmutter.
1: Yay. <laughs> nice to
0: have you on the show. Hey, did I get your book correct? Is that, is that the whole title? I might have messed up the subtitle.
1: You did it great. And what they did that was so clever at Simon & Schuster when they designed the cover was they made it like Subliminal Man. Remember that on Saturday Night Live?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a throwback.
1: Yeah, so when you when you see the cover, you know the subtext is the or subtitle is the subtext in between the harsher black subconscious power.
0: Well, as a master hypnotist, not a regular hypnotist, a master hypnotist, neuro linguistic programming. Whenever I'm coaching anyone, I always get recommend highly to read a book on basics of NLP. It's yeah. so powerful. I think that should be mandatory reading for everybody and also how to do self-hypnosis, how to understand your subconscious mind and how you can program it because that's how it works. So let's talk about you and your book and your history because we had a nice chat before the podcast getting all set up and uh, I made a comment that you were like one of the original G's sharing this stuff. I say my friends thought I was weird and people still think my podcast is a little bit out there. I'm like, guys, people have been using hypnosis, you know, since like, what is it? Well, even actually in Egypt, I heard they were using it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dinosaur era. Because here's the thing is that it's just a component of the brain. So your mind is two-minded consciousness and subconsciousness. And so everyone dreams and that's your subconscious. Everyone has emotions. That's your subconscious. Everyone has intuitive hits or gut feelings or instincts. And again, your subconscious. So it really doesn't leave anything to believe in or not believe in. You know, some people think, oh, like one of the first like kind of party things, you know, when everyone, if you want to clear out a room or like make it be super quiet, just say, oh my gosh, I'm a hypnotist. Because then everybody, there's a line, five people, 10 people deep going, you know, please, please, please read my palm. Tell me about my dead mother. (laughs) Like, no, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) I'm not a psychic. I'm a hypnotist. Different thing. But our mind is, um, is developed and created to do that automatically. So it really isn't anything that you have to, you can learn how to use, it, of course, but not anything that you have to go and get, which just delights me because it makes me so happy to know that we have that kind of control. You know how many times people will say, oh, you know, it's all in your head. And I say, oh, I sure hope so, because that's exactly where I want it (laughs) so I can control it and then know exactly what's happening. But um, in all seriousness, the uh, trance state is something that we naturally go into many times a day which I like into our screensaver mode. Because if you imagine that, you know, if you were just conscious all the time, you know, the phone is buzzing and the kids are tugging and pulling and you've got this appointment and that, and that's very conscious activity, task-driven meetings, things that you have to think about and, and know consciously. Whereas the subconscious is all the automatic things that happen. You don't think about running your heart or breathing for your lungs or habits, you know, habits like, oh, I just, I don't know why I do that. I just do it. Well, it's all in the subconscious. And so that was the part of the mind that really intrigued me the most when I had the radio talk show, it was really continuing education that got me into hypnosis because I had had hypnotherapy in the past uh, prior to that. And for things like stage fright, you know, I never could have had a radio show (laughs) having stage fright, talking to millions of people up and down, you know, Los Angeles and the coast there. So I really was so fascinated as a as an end user of the protocol that i wanted to learn more about it and kind of learn you know what the what the mechanism was behind it and why it was working like that because hypnosis is one of those things that you know as much as you try like you know eating healthy is good for you you know that you know not doing this and that is you know good for you but we do it anyway and so why is that just a corrupted hard drive you know i like to look at everything kind of with tech and computer Um, analogies these days and the reality is that you can rewrite that program anytime you choose in any way you choose. And look, advertisers do it for you all the time, you know, <laughs> flashy objects and bright shiny things and, you know, all of the um, linguistics going back to the NLP, all of the things that advertisers are using to draw you in and, you know, clickbait, so to speak, is all based on human behavior and what they know about how the subconscious works.
0: 100%, yep. And I think that, like, I just let you keep going and and, uh, lay out a massive lecture because this stuff for me is so important. And I remember researching it and learning about it. And when you learn about it and you you learn that you can actually modify like your beliefs like sometimes you're like oh i'm afraid of heights or i'm afraid of public speaking or i can't do this then you feel like you can't change it but when you understand that you can actually wire rewire your brain and choose the program you'd like just like you said with the computer then you can start to design your life because it has to start with your belief systems it has to start with your mind it has to start with all of that stuff so Why don't you tell us a little bit about your book and what your motivation was for writing it after all this time?
1: Well, you bring up a good point with the, you know, why don't we feel like we can progress past our own thoughts? And it's so funny because if you wanted to know more about, auto mechanics, you would pick up a magazine and read about it and learn about it. Or if you wanted to play the guitar, you'd pick up a manual. So I really do look at subconscious power as that manual for this machine that you have on your desk. If I literally came over there to you, Matt, and I said, here is this wonderful, magnificent machine that no one else has. It's unique to you. And I plunked it down on your desk and I said, here's the manual. I handed you the book and I said, here's the plug. Let's plug it in and get you going. You would do that in you know two seconds. And the fact that we feel like we can bring in new information and change behavior, learning, growth, all those things by bringing in a book um, is terrific when it comes to the guitar and auto mechanics and tennis and golf and anything else we think about. But our own behavior, our own reaction to impulse, our own triggers and anchors and things. It's so funny that we're like, oh, I don't know, you know, (laughs) but things are changing and we're becoming very mentally aware now. And I love that about society now. One of the things Simon & Schuster asked me is, they said, why this book now? And it was because you could just see, you can feel it. There's a, there's a, a grit in the air, if you will, of mental awareness. And people aren't afraid now. And it's, it's kind of becoming cool. And it's kind of becoming hip. And it's starting to become known and okay to have at the dinner conversation. And then lo and behold, uh, what I call pain share in the book starts to happen where, you know, this one will say, well, you know, I went to a therapist for, you know, three years. And the other one will say, well, I went for five years. And they start trying to outdo each other now and who went to therapy and how it, how it worked for them. And that's a beautiful thing because once we're talking about it, then we're working on it so um oh so your question (laughs) your question was how did i get started uh so basically yes um i was i was reached out to by harper collins originally the uh publisher and asked if I would write the book about, or a book about hypnosis. And I thought that that was wonderful because up until that point, I just had my private practice. And so they knew about the work I was doing. And, you know, anytime you're working with celebrities and notables and things, it starts to kind of get attention. And that's what had happened. So I said, absolutely. They set up the team. Everything was rolling along. I needed to uh, turn in a proposal So a book happens is first you give a proposal. <laughs> so I went to give the proposal about a year later it took, you know, you have to write the book and then kind of deconstruct the book into an 80 page document. And I did that. And when I went to hand in the proposal, the lady who had asked left HarperCollins. So the agent said, this is excellent because now we can put it on the market and see, you know, what we have, because the truth is you really don't know, you know, it could be, you could think you have the greatest thing in the world and, and the market may show different. And so we put it on the market and there was a good, uh, bidding, you know, kind of a thing for it. And Simon and Schuster is who we went with. And we were so proud to have them as a partner because this imprint at Simon and Schuster is Atria Books and they produced The Secret. And, of course, the secret was such a huge success, but more in the fact that law of attraction and you 're summoning it to you and you 're summoning it to you by your intention and your desires, this is that um, and the contention here is that it 's in your mind, which is where all seeds of creativity start my husband 's a, a very prominent architect in the world, and he you know he starts with a piece of paper, <laughs> a blank piece of paper, like writers do, and like you know like a songwriter does or a book writer or anyone and a film script writer and they you know they start to create and just out of nothing is where all of this magic is and let me tell you something when you want the best for your life the the universe wants even better than you can imagine there's not one high performer that i've ever uh, had as a client that ever said that they are exactly at the expectation that they expected for their life. They all say that their life has become so much more exceptional than even they could ever. And they oftentimes use the word dream of or expect or uh, consider or even that they deserve. I mean, that real, the real heartfelt story and truth is that the people that are really high performers are getting more than they dreamt they could get. Where does that come from? So I want the universe working on my behalf. I'm sure you do too. I know that I have good intentions for myself, but I I get very excited when I call in soul spirit. And that was an important part of the book because I do believe it's an important part of the mind. I believe it's an important part of getting. I believe it's a huge part of giving. So all of those elements do contain soul spirit for me and whatever that is for you.
0: Wow, that's a lot and it's super beautiful. What makes me think of is just like being an integrity. You know, a lot of people uh, on the podcast, sometimes they'll reach out and like, how do I live in my heart? How do I live, you know, from like what I'm passionate about and design that. And I think understanding your subconscious mind, finding your own integrity, like designing your life from the ground up. You know, I was working with, uh, you know, someone the other day and there's like a young kid and he's got the whole world at his fingertips, you know, and I was like, well, design your life from, from the beginning. Cause he's just like, well, I'm going to be a computer engineer. And I realized I didn't want to, you know, go do computer engineering alone. I was like, well, 40 hours a week, you know, 50 weeks out of the year and two weeks off to me was absurd. So I was like, let's start with that. Like, what do you want to work on? What do you want to work towards? And when you find like something you're passionate about, you'll work those hours, but it's not exactly like working. It's like a different thing. I'm sure your book was like, we talked about is a massive pain in the butt, but it's like, this is who you are. It feels aligned and you're happy to put that energy um, out to the world. So um, right. you could-
1: you're almost zoning it. Like I feel like it's like you're zoning it. You know, that feeling everybody says, oh, the runner's high and this and that when you're in the zone. But the truth is, is that when, like with meditation, and again, I thank you for having me, and I feel like I'm humble to be across from you so thank you with all the things that you know but uh, people And the short answer is kind of like when people say how is it like meditation I see meditation is more the zoning in and hypnosis and trance and mesmerization as the zoning out that zoning out is where time doesn't have time it's where emotions don't have emotions you're just there and it's such a beautiful wonderful feeling that it is that clean canvas we were talking about and that empty slate of paper that someone can just come in, you know, whatever, whether it's soul, spirit, universe, whatever your paradigm is, comes in and creates it on that for you. And that's the protocol. It's exactly it. You hit it on the head. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, when you said it too, it's... When you're saying it, it's like um, the observer, but also like stopping the mind. Because I think you, you, you. When we were talking before, you just talked about uh, just like I call it taskless consciousness, or just like you're waking up and you're performing the tasks, and you think that's the only consciousness that is available to you, right? right. And so what happens is, as the environment changes, that dictates your emotional state, and you're kind of like a victim to all the different things that go on. But when you take a moment and you're able to get to the blank canvas, the observer, whatever you want. You you realize you can observe these things and then you can start to manipulate them just because somebody cuts you off in traffic doesn't mean you need to be immediately angry. And I know there's probably like 90% of people out there be like, what do you mean? Of yeah. course it means I need to be angry. And well, then
1: they might be saving you from something up the road, you, yeah, know. you
0: know, and it's yeah. like that perspective, they just, something happens and then the, you know, the emotional state happens right away. So what I wanted to ask you is like some of the principles, like what are you sharing in that book? How do we start? programming the mind from what what you've done i know you've had a lot of success over the years with your clients i'm getting it out there and when you use this and it works for others you know then you're like this works like this didn't just work for me this is working pretty consistently for other people so like we should know this
1: the feeling the feeling is so amazing because literally i mean it, it from my perspective, I'm on the journey with these folks, and I'm actually creating the journey in so many ways because that imagination of each person is so rich and so imbued with everything that that person is supposed to hear at the time, what they're supposed to think at the time, how their perspective is supposed to shift at the time. Because the the real cornerstone to subconscious work is perspective shifting so let's take weight for example because it's getting ready to be summer and everybody's you know like getting all spruced up with their with their fitness level and so i'm seeing a lot of influx of people coming for weight fitness whatever some want to gain some want to lose most want to lose um but the thing is is that i'll say well physiologically you have what you have. You know, we know it's physics and it's biochemistry, and everybody knows that vegetables and this and that, and everybody knows the routine ad nauseum. So here's the thing: we know what to eat. My my paradigm is what if you wanted to eat healthy? What if that's what you wanted to do? If a pharmaceutical came out with that pill, there would be a line around the planet for that pill because the desire to want to do it. Is really the missing link for most people hypnosis makes that shift in perspective so my husband's perfect example I, I relate back to him <laughs> That's my test subject <laughs> he's uh, he lost 60 pounds and he, after he was hypnotized and he so people say to him well, what are you eating? And he says, well, I'm eating all the stuff that they tell you to eat that's healthy. I'm eating vegetables, I'm eating you know, very little dairy, all these things. And people start laughing and they're like, oh, so you're on a diet. And so then we laugh and he says, yeah, but I want to. Like literally you can put a piece of cake in front of him and you can put salad in front of him and he would salivate over the salad and he would dismiss the cake. And it's because of this is that he's been rewired and reprogrammed and it's beautiful. He doesn't think cake is evil and gonna eat him in the night. <laughs> Doesn't, you don't have to do it, a horrible away-from response, but all you need to do is some kind of diversion from that thing that that person's addicted to. So whether it's you know, carbs or whatever it is, it doesn't matter, alcohol, it could be drugs, it can be anything. So you create an away-from response to that thing, and then you create a toward response to what's healthy much in case like um, exercise, you know, I love to exercise, but I don't want to go to the gym. You know, how many times do you hear that? Well, that's apathy to action. So you just fire up that person's afterburners in their mind and imagination and you get them going and now they want to go. And then we all know what happens after you go for the first week, then you're, you know, you you really feel everything and everything changes and then you really want to go. But uh, it's perspective shifting. And I mean, how beautiful because I hope that daily our perspective shifts on everything that we thought was a certain way, you know, that no longer works for us. And then we shift to a new way. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And I was wondering if you go into like maybe a little bit more detail, detail about the before and after. Cause like, uh, or or the away from and towards, just so people understand okay. it. Because if you just do like weight loss, they'll get it more. And it, that's really what it is. Like if I say to you, "Don't imagine a pink hippopotamus,"
1: right? You <laughs> do all. that,
0: I- and so. But also when we imagine, we, we create our senses get activated. So if you imagine and you calm your mind and you bite into a lemon in your imagination, your mouth will water. So the yes. more descriptive we are for these things, what we're doing is we're basically changing the neurology in our brains. To have a different emotional response. And when you know how to set that off, then you're going to have different emotional responses to when you see a cake or when you see a salad, because you're going to, you went into that realm where you initiated those emotional responses. And that's what it has to be. It has to be emotional. It's beyond logical. You know that you, if you eat cake all day and just greasy foods and never exercise, you're going to get a result. You know, if you eat a little bit better and go to the gym, you get a result, but we feel stuck and we can't get it. So I was just wondering if you could briefly kind of do a small example, and I think people will really get it.
1: Yeah. So the, so the principles basically laid out are the first one coming into accountability. Where are you now? And how, how did you get here? And where are you? You know, oftentimes someone will sit in my office and they will say, you know, I, and say for weight loss, and they'll say, I'm, you know, eat salad and steamed chicken. And I think, no, you don't. because biologically speaking, it's impossible because, you know, you're here for that. And so the accountability aspect of it is super, super important. And then you have many people that will come that are super accountable and, you know, they really just realize and have have hit, you know, their idea of rock bottom in a lot of ways, or they want performance enhancement and they know that they just really need to get their mind involved in order to do that. You know, we, we all come into the planetary experience with something that we can utilize to our benefit. And so my tapping in that for them and you knowing what that is like you could say that you're the best you know at XYZ and you know that we all know the us inside of us and that's the part of the mind I'm talking about that's the true part so you get in touch with that that's the first one the second one would be tapping into the subconscious so I would say to much to your example is, you know, we all dream. And so, you know, when you've woken up sweaty and hot, and you've been running from the bear, you know, there was no bear, <laughs> but your body thought there was a bear. And so your your heart rate is up, your adrenaline's going, your cortisol, you know, probably dry mouth, you're looking behind you, all of these things, and you're sore the next day from running from a bear that didn't exist. That's how powerful your subconscious is. <laughs> so my idea is just to put the healthy things in front of you, and then to have you know, that, that, that form. And it could be anything. It could be, again, performance enhancement. It could be getting along better with your wife or your husband. It doesn't matter what it is. The what isn't important. It's the, the being able to control that and guide it much like maps. We were talking earlier about, about maps and it's literally that, being accountable. And number one of the principle is literally having that little pinpoint peg is here's my, here's where I am now. (laughs) You are here is what it says. And then you plug in your destination. I am here, but I want to be here. And so we do that on maps without thinking. And then how many times do we relate to computerized things as intuitive or not? We say, oh, buy that. It's fantastic. It's highly intuitive. Or that app is intuitive. The intuitive that they're speaking of is it's an alignment with the way our intuition works. That's the part of tapping into your subconscious. So anyway, the next is orientation. Do you move toward or do you move away from things? So I'll ask you, because this is a fun personal question. So do you believe in the changes you've made in your life, whether they were location changes, geographical, or changes in behavior? Do you believe that you left things because you didn't like them? Or do you feel like you moved towards things that you did like?
0: I'm a towards human. Are you? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then do you have braces or are they just naturally straight? <laughs>
0: I got lucky with teeth. Really? They're natural? Yeah. <gasps> oh Thank my you. gosh. That's- <laughs> I get, yeah. Sometimes they get covered. My lip gets covered with my mustache. So I can barely see them, but there's, there are teeth in there.
1: Oh yeah. know they're so straight. Anyway, so to order away, so that's very good because I would would venture to believe that most people would say, at least past the 50% mark, would say that they move away from things that are disturbing. So bacteria does this. Bacteria moves away from negative stimuli. So anytime someone has problems you know telling me if they think they move away or toward I think that even bacteria has the sensibility to move away from things that are negative (laughs) so that's good to know and then um yeah so the idea of what's your orientation because a lot of unhappiness is just brought because we're too busy looking back saying oh I didn't like that so I went over here and you're slingshotting You, you literally move yourself into a position that necessarily you know isn't maybe perfect for you, or you didn't give any forethought to, or it wasn't a drive to pull you in. So that's a big one. Um, I love, one of my favorite ones is judge thyself as thy neighbor and thy neighbor, because here's the thing. Judging has become very PC. Don't judge me. I don't want your judgment. Not the kind of judgment I'm talking about. I'm talking about judgment for ecology for you. What is ecological for you? What makes sense for you? This means people. This means situations, job choices, location that you might live, uh, trajectory really in any way. You must, must, must first because we come into the planet hungry and afraid. So So hopefully we don't leave that (laughs)
0: way. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah.
1: Oh, I'll leave that way. But the point is, is that judging ecology for yourself is super important and it does require, did you ever read gift of fear by Gavin De DeBecker?
0: Said, <laughs> I got that recommended to me a while ago. I'm like three quarters through it.
1: Oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So yeah. I referenced that in the book a lot because uh, Gavin, you know, he's the protector of the cloud, right? I don't know what that means. <laughs> if the cloud was going to have security. Oh, He's it. All right. (laughs) That's pretty interesting. I didn't know you could protect that. But anyway, so um, yeah, and so the idea that we need to protect and that comes from our survival mechanism. Your subconscious first prime directive is your survival. It runs your heart, runs your lungs, runs everything about you that's important to you your emotions, your memory, your lineup of memory, your habits your joy, your sadness, all of those things, everything you perceive good or bad for you in a non-logical sense. And so when I say judgment, I mean we need to really tighten it up. One of the things that I liken the subconscious to is like an inner eight-year-old. So let's just pretend for argument's sake that you had next to you a little eight-year-old boy named Matt. Would you let Matt see the things you see? Would you let him hear the things you hear? Would you let him go all the places you go and do all the things that you do? Maybe you're so pure that you would, <laughs> but maybe you're not. And so I say that that eight-year-old is wise beyond you know the ages, has wisdom beyond um, a broad sense of self, so much so that it cares, this eight-year-old cares less about others, hasn't really uh, developed the playing well in the sandbox and doing all of those other playing well with other people wherever becomes it becomes PC and fearful, you know, afraid to raise the hand because you have the answer, afraid to say what's what that really is the truth. One of the issues with people is we start to unlearn things. And as we unlearn, we do our subconscious a great disservice because when you say like to yourself, I knew, I knew that I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And then you had to evidence out the truth of what you knew. That's fascinating. A child of around that eight year old range, and I say eight, it can be six, seven, you know, nine, ten. It's not exactly eight but and it's in it's the theory of the fact that at, that 8-year-old feels comfortable speaking its mind that 8-year-old knows morally this is good for me this is not good for me 8-year-olds uh, are so judgmental have you been around one lately i <laughs>
0: mean Have not you survived
1: while, being around an 8-year-old lately it's fascinating because they're so smart they know it all but yet they haven't unlearned that very important part of keeping that and i urge parents all the time when they have a child coming in either approaching or just leaving this this uh, frame of time it's very important to encourage the tie-in. So if they get in a fight on the playground, you know, did you sense that this was a bad time to talk to Johnny, that you might get scratched? Did you have an idea that, you know, you were going to do good and slide into home base? You know, did you have a feeling? Because these feelings are very strong, prevalent in that age group. And it's super important to, to at that point, start having these conversations about how proper and primitive and amazing and how survival oriented your subconscious is. I urge parents to do that more than anything. Anytime someone comes around, they're like, oh yeah, my kids eight, I'm like, yay, bring them in right away. I consider it like an emergency situation. Let's get that child primed now so that they really understand this part of them because it'll serve them in the long run. And judgment's part of that. The next um, the next principle is give to get. Now this one gets sticky, and people are so funny about it because we've become very oh no, not me, I don't need it. Oh no, you, 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 and the truth is is that we need everybody to be giving and getting in equal proportions, and if I. If you reached out and held my hands right now and I'm holding yours, we create this energetic circuit. And if you are taking and not giving, and I am taking and not giving, we have no circuit. Even the dying tomato plant, you know, the tomato falls off the plant, shrivels and dies and creates fertilizer for the incoming new fruit. So even in death, we give. Uh, The final chapter is life is a loop, not a line. And I truly do believe that it cycles back through. And that's part of that giving and getting process. Then people would say, well, what about philanthropy? And I would say, very interesting, because philanthropy, you immediately feel good when you give, correct? I mean, everybody feels that. And then even the government gives you a give when you give. So they, or they give you a get, you get when you give and the government, the government, I mean, of all things, they say, you know what you gave, so we're going to give you a tax break on that. Or we're going to, you know, you can deduct that off your taxes. That's how, how simple that system is. So I say, don't be the martyr, straighten your backbone, ask for what you want. People appreciate it. I don't know if you're in relationship or not, but in relationships in particular, people love to be, you know explain to this is what I really want. Just honest. It's aligning. It's, it's not the passive aggressive thing we've grown into thinking is okay. It's really not. Just be clear. Say what you want. You'll end up resenting if you don't. I know women feel very overtaxed and mothers in particular, you know, I feel like I just give and give and give until I have no more. What a shame and really their responsibility to get their needs met. It really is, and I feel super strong about that. And when you get in that alignment, you don't feel the lack that so many people are feeling now, and like the cup is just empty and it doesn't feel like there's a well to refill. And then also I say if you're if you're not getting, you may not be giving, because it really should be that energetic loop. So some of the people that complain to me the most about not getting is I say, Let's let's list what you're really giving here and let's be clear that that you're putting forth the energy too. It's an interesting Cycle, but I do find people are happier when they're getting. (laughs) I mean, for real, it's nice, (laughs) whatever. And then play big, play big is the last one. Play big, in particular, again. And this is really about straightening your spine and getting what you want out of your life from yourself. Whether this is writing more, or loving more, or you know, being of service more, or getting more, whatever it is, is. Go for it because the the, the small play and, and the other neat thing about the principles lining up this way, although I do very much believe you don't have to do them in order. When you do do them in order, the beautiful thing about this is the play big comes and it's like, oh yeah, because you're so primed and you're so lined up. You've cleared up all of those other issues that are really just core um, self-deserving issues. They really are. It's all about you. This book couldn't be more selfish than anything that you could put on the market because it's simply for the person reading. No one else. It's, a, it's an end user game. It's right here, six inches. That's it for the person reading. And the play big aspect is we need you globally. We need you to be the best you you can be. And when you see people in distress, there's a section here that talks about drought and drought is when you are depressed or you have, I actually line it up three ways. I line it up as passing drought, which is a week, say, or a few days where, you know, fender bender or a cold or, you know, you're just off your game. And we've all had those times. Oftentimes. And then there's lingering drought where something has happened. So there's maybe a death in the family or a job loss or a divorce or something, you know, negative has got you just kind of in a funk for maybe a a month, maybe a year, it could be a little while. And then there's habitual drought where we all know that person that doubting Thomas and the negative Nelly that just can't get out of their own way. And you know, you share your good news and you know that they're not the person to call and share because they'll, you know, share a fear or they'll, you know, bring it down in some way. And it's a very serious thing because those are the folks that, you know, can't really seem to get out of it. And when you line up these principles this way, we need you out of that. Like I, I almost feel like this book is a responsibility for people to read. I really do. Because if we're all traveling on that same super highway of thought, I need you to like be up to speed. And I really feel strongly about that. Like even how you were saying neurolinguistics linguistics programming for required reading, a hundred percent, because of the things we say, we say so many times our own sabotage. It's remarkable. We say our greatness, all of it. So which way are you headed? You know, what direction are you going? Are you going forward? Or are you going away from, you know, it all loops
0: back to the same story. That's amazing. I was just sitting here and you just kept going through the, I was hoping we were going to get into the principles and you just kept going through each one. And I knew you were going to do it. And the reason why is because you have an NLP background. And when I'm studying personal development, psychology, or peak performance, if it has to do with the mind, it has to work because the thing yeah. that's interesting about the mind is like, when you go to the gym and I do squats, I know my legs hurt right and so i have an idea that an effect is happening but with the mental game and understanding that and navigating the space it takes a little bit of acuity but there are processes and as you've done it there are principles and these principles are not that complicated you know okay. what you shared in your book is very similar to what i shared in zen athlete in a different way that's guided by principles that you could shift both you could read my book you could read your book and if you just apply the principles it's going to improve your life and it's going to give you a lot more empowerment. You said so much amazing stuff there, but one note that I took was about like the map and what I think is happening is like, okay, this is where you are. Right. And this is where you'd like to go. Most people don't think about where they want to go and most people are on default. It's just like, this is the world happening. So they don't think that they can, you know, change that destination. But when you come back to, responsibility and integrity and like your heart and your life experience this is your life as a human being on the planet you have an opportunity to experience you know things that you prefer you know what do you want to create even if it takes like five years or eight years let's say you're working 60 hours a week you're you're barely making ends meet that's fine as you're at work just start giving at least 10 minutes a day 20 minutes a day to thinking, to clearing your mind and thinking, where would I like to go on this map? And as you do that as a part of your system, as a part of your principle, and you make that a priority, you're automatically going to change your direction. And Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, super important to do.
1: Well, you know, I was reading your bio earlier. I so appreciate you. Again, thank you for having me on. Um, but about the snowboarding and so the perfect analogy I feel for that is that and same if you're driving same if you're walking your grocery cart through the grocery store aisles it doesn't matter what it is but just snowboarding in particular because of you Uh, where your eyes go you go and so you know how if you're on the cat track and you're you know because I snowboard a little bit too and so you're going if you look down (laughs) you're tip points down if you look up your tip points up so the whole thing is so funny to me because it's exactly that of trajectory and literally people do they spend their time here and they're so busy looking behind you know why in racehorsing racehorsing why racehorses they have the blinders on they don't want the horse doing that because you can't win the race so it's the same aspect and you certainly can't play the long game if you don't know where you're headed and the long game is life you know, you hope, God willing, that we all have this long, beautiful life, but I'll tell you, you can make it so much easier. I mean, funny things in the book, like finding great parking spaces. I'll hear people, you know, and I, I do listen a lot to other people's conversations, <laughs> whether it's at restaurants or whatever, you know, you just hear people around you talking and people call them parking angels. And I just giggle when I hear women talking about it in particular because, you know, oh, I have parking angels, I always get the best spot. And I think what you have is you're tapped into your subconscious because you're listening and you're can that it works and because you're convinced that reconvinces because that evidence reconvinces and that evidence reconvinces it's just like anything it's like you doing your squats you do your squats you're sore you go the next day the muscle builds you like the way the muscle works you you do more you know it's just it's all evidentiary so I love it because the parking space is finding lost items around the house can I do a little protocol with you real quick
0: yeah. hundred percent.
1: Okay, okay. So like a quick little fun thing is we've all misplaced things. So whether it's in your office, your home or whatever, it doesn't matter. Even in your car is the fact that when you're connected to the loss of that item, you cannot think or access where the subconscious knows that is. So going back to the eight-year-old, if I was, I have a notebook here. So if I was your little inner eight-year-old and I was sitting next to you, I would be your stenographer and I would be recording every single thing that you thought that you saw. You know, I think the brain does, I believe the last number was 400 billion um, connections or something a second. I mean, that's how fantastic it'll never be recreated in its entirety and in its beauty ever, ever, ever. I'm sure we can rest assured of that. So, um, and if it is created, then good luck having it work (laughs) like our mind fires and everything's so interesting but um when you're losing something or frantically looking especially if there's a time constraint the best way to do that is to connect with the thing you're looking for so close your eyes you go within i don't know can you have you lost anything that might be a hard thing to ask spontaneously but anyway just for later when you do when you misplace something is close your eyes and imagine that thing and how much you love that thing. Now, normally you would think and consciously you would think, oh, gosh, I don't want to think that because I want to find it, you know, time. And I don't want to become more attached to something that I might have lost. But the truth is, the more you connect to that thing. So there was a cute um a story in the book about one of my clients who had left some she'd lost some pearls misplaced them and she's just you know can't find the pearls can't find the pearls and she had a time constraint with a plane she had to get on and all this stuff drama 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 so I said, okay, close your eyes. I don't have time to close my eyes. <laughs> close them anyway. <laughs> I got a plane to catch. Close your eyes. So tell me about your pearls. You've seen them before I wore them to dinner. You know, all the, the yelling and screaming. And so what happened is uh, it was very cute. So calm down, calm down. Tell me about the pearls. What are the di- our diameter? How, you know, how many, the color? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Get, him, get her into the moment of the pearls, right? When did you last wear the pearls? Oh my gosh, I wore them with this. Wore them with this beautiful Missoni dress. I remember taking them off, she says, because I couldn't put them in the safe because they have to breathe. They're a living organism. Who knew? So, excellent. So I decided to keep them out where they could breathe. So we know now that they're not in the safe. But tell me, you know, what did you order that night you wore the pearls? I mean, really getting into that thing you miss, uh, that thing that's gone. And so sure enough, she said, I wore them with this dress, and I loved it. Tell me about the dress. What colors is the dress? What's the fabric of the dress? Oh, the dress is woven. So I didn't hang it. I folded it. (gasps) The pearls are inside the folded dress in my drawer. So you see how it goes from one thought to the next thought to the next thought. So it's not really trying to remember properly where those things might have been misplaced. It's getting yourself and associating back into the moment when you last remember having it. And if you can't remember a time that you last had it, just start thinking about the object. Start being back in the memory of the object because it'll lead you there. Because remember, here he is, right? Oh, yes, that's what we were doing. Yes, this is exactly what we did. There's the stenographer inside and all of that information is in there. And that's exciting. You know, it doesn't have to be that it could be, you know, a memory that you shared with a friend or a loved one, you know, it can be anything at all, but the mind is just such an easy place. It's like just this, this uh, warehouse of information for you that you've lived.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's a really good example that I think is practical for to help under to help people understand like how it works because when you're going in that like memory space you can't find that thing you have to first change the state so you're literally changing the brainwave by relaxing so that changes the brainwave which accesses the subconscious mind you can't do it from the freak out mode uh regular i think it's beta i should know this but beta yeah. like you know conscious going around that's a different brainwave yeah. you relax the mind and then from that, the subconscious is is picking up so many bits of information. Even when you're fully focused, you're only picking up a little bit of information. You know, like it, you're not, you're not, you are you do not know how many birds are in that tree. You don't know. You know, maybe there's something super obvious that you're missing because you can only handle so much information. And probably as all of this life is happening, you're thinking about what you're eating, what how Dave at work was a total a-hole today or you know you're not even there anyway so but the subconscious mind and all of that information and the body you know I think one of the things that's coming up for me is just the extraordinary intelligence of the body we're talking about the mind but how extraordinary the body is and it's sensing and it's feeling and it's picking up all of this information you know beating your heart and doing all that stuff that we're like yeah it just does that it's incredible and so you can start to access that in a simple way go ahead your
1: immune system, your cellular repair. I mean, think of that, you know, just in the calories that you burn, just that you're metabolizing a day just on body function, you know, an illness of any sort. I mean, the the white blood cells rush in, everything, it's fascinating. It's just like this, it's really like this entire uh, global community called you. And then the the head of that or the president of that would be the subconscious. And then the vice president would be the, would be the consciousness. <laughs> and then yeah. you have to have your board table and your board meetings and your boardroom where you, you know, say, hey, temper down a little bit on this sector. And, you know, it's just fine orchestra. It's really remarkable. The cellular intelligence of the body, too, is, you know, I do cover that in the book about the fact of feeding yourself properly. Most of the people... Going back to weight loss again, they come uh, as big and heavy as they are, they come as, Starvation, You know, their body is starving, which is why because they're not feeding nutrients. And that's why it keeps begging for hunger. It keeps giving the hunger signal. And so I say, is are you eating out of hunger or habit? And they're eating out of habit, not hunger. The hunger comes and comes and comes and comes because they never give their body nutrients. So once we get them like the plant behind you a little bit, looks delicious. <laughs> what that is, banana leaf or something. But once you start feeding your body, it's one of those things that really, you know, all of a sudden you're not as hungry, you don't need as much food, you don't eat as often, you certainly don't get those hunger signals like that, and you're out of the habit of just the do. And then that's where of course the body starts to be so grateful because it's getting nutrients.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, what what's kind of making me like what's coming to my mind anyway is like the idea of like our focus. You know, there's so much going on, but we can only focus on a little bit. And so Society and life has us focusing on so many distractions, you know, social media detox. I highly recommend paying attention to what you're paying attention to how often we're distracted and what's actually going on. Like, you know, spending time in nature, now they're doing scientific studies on earthing and putting your feet in the ground and just go sit by a river, do these simple things because we've gone so far away from just doing simple things that we can't focus. You know, one of the things in Vipassana meditation, I haven't done that yet, but I have done something similar. You meditate all day, every day for 10 days, essentially. And I've done really challenging meditations. And one of them is where you just basically, it's called a hard sit where you don't move your body. And now that there's this idea of like, uh, I don't know what they call it. I've heard about it recently, a hard focus, focus on something for like four hours. Or or if your maximum is 15 minutes, start there, stretch it out to 30, stretch it out to an hour, stretch it out for two hours. It's a muscle you build. You can't meditate because you haven't practiced. We're all crazy. Our minds go nuts. What you're supposed to do is look at the lunacy of your mind. like, oh my goodness, look at that crazy hamster wheel. But none of that is actually you. These thoughts are coming in. And as you, begin to just observe that over time to change your state and, and disassociate from all the madness that's happening in there, then you can start to implant your intention, focus, and then change things. And that's a required step. You can't do it unless you start there first. And so it's so important to kind of steer your ship with the focus and look at all of the things you're doing habitually, uh, unconsciously, and, and just starting there, you're going to have a massive shift in the quality of your life.
1: Right, and that is, again, watching that eight-year-old, you know, just like if you have this little person next to you, would you expose them to all of these things, or would you give them those, you know, much-needed timeouts? I mean, thank goodness our body is so intelligent that it does take care of that. Like I was saying, trance, you know, you automatically go into. If you go to the refrigerator and you stare inside the fridge for 15 minutes and don't remember what you went in there for, or, you know, that's trance, that's mesmerization. Same thing when you go to a concert and you're, you're flicking your thing, your we were laughing about this earlier, you're flicking your light or, you know, on your phone, you're waving back and forth and everybody's entranced by their entertainer. This is beautiful The Adele hits the note or whoever your you know favorite artist is hits the note and everybody gets goosebumps. That's your hypnotist. I could say to you, Matt, write down a list of your five favorite things, your top five priorities, the, the last things that you did last week that you remember the most. All of those lists would be your hypnotist. That's what has you entranced, has you mesmerized, has your focus, has your attention, has your, uh, this, this major attention for survival, you know, whatever that is. Um, you know, and if you don't like those priority lists, those are super easy to shift. You just shift them. It's all in the book. You know, here's the thing is life, life more enjoyable. I don't know if easier is the right word, but life more enjoyable and life fully lived. Those are my two biggest, Platforms because I know that it can be done. I see it all the time. It's so easy. It's so easy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's actually my mantra is what if it's easy? And it is. And sometimes, like my husband will laugh, he'll say, you know, I think most people are just aren't as unhappy as they think they are. And I think that's true. I've never really thought from that perspective, but people just feel like they have to make their life so difficult. And I actually was one of those people until I learned about all this, but um, it does not have to be difficult. So you don't have to make it a battle.
0: I love all that. Well, I'll, I'll say that I'm guilty of sometimes overcomplicating it and making it difficult for myself, <laughs> but it usually, you know, what I'm good at is snapping myself out of that and understanding that that's just an idea, you know, and then I come back to gratitude, but it seems like I have to cut that circuit. I'm like, you don't need that. And it's such a more empowering perspective to say, what if it is easy? What if I am connected? Because they're both equally true. It's like the Henry Ford quote. I don't know if I, if I, if, if I can or I can't, I'm right or something. Is that him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah.
1: Either way, you're right. Yeah, yes. either
0: way, you're right. And so that's the idea is upgrading your perspectives. And then also, one thing that I add is like um, the basically to surrender to what happens. If you lose the attachment, you have an intention, but mm-hmm. you lose the attachment, you know, like, oh, I need this to be complete. It's like, no, this is my preference and I'm going to go there. Um, but if I can do it in a state of fulfillment from where I am, Now I'm really kicking butt. And one of the things that I want to ask you, because it was in the notes, but um, it had listed like hypnotic hacks. So can you share like some principles for hacking your consciousness or or hypnotic hacks? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So that's basically it. So a hypnotic hack is basically a hypnotic exercise. And so there's another one we could do where if you wanted to imagine someone that you, someone or something or someplace, it could go either way. So it could go, uh imagining someone that you want less of an attachment to or someone that you would like more of an attachment to so we could do that and the uh viewers can also do it along with us while we do it it's kind of a fun one um which do you prefer do you prefer to detach from someone it could be a thing it could be something it, it's kind of nice if it's a person now when i say detach i don't mean you know over there, off with your head. I don't mean it like that. I mean, I mean that maybe there's a, um, you feel like there's too much attachment or there's an unhealthy part of you that feels, or maybe you feel bad about something with this person or, you know, where you'd like to just take
0: it back a notch with someone. Is there anybody like that? I don't have that. I currently, I've got quality relationships going on. I do have an issue with intake. Now that the podcast has kind of grown and stuff, I get so many inquiries and like, it's hard to, I, I try to apologize to people. It's like, I just don't have the bandwidth to go deep because people will share so many stories. So it's not that I want to detach, but that that's the only thing that's relevant in that example. But one thing I would like to move towards are certain goals. Would that work? Like if I use a goal analogy,
1: um it would yes let's do that let's let's attach let's have attachments uh more attachment to some goals okay, okay so let's can you group the goals into a thing that will just say your goals sure and then you can group them okay oh, so you right would close on. your eyes i like that
0: <laughs> it's your goals. Just, i got them identified as a like, get over here
1: <laughs> that's exactly where we want them. Good goals. Okay, so I want you to close your eyes and go within. And that's the beginning for every hypnotic hack. And really, it just means into that quiet space where you're just breathing and you're comfortable in your body. And I want you to imagine yourself in your higher self. So the higher self is the subconscious self that is all for your survival and all for your intention and the betterment of everything that you're involved with, mostly and including you. So imagine your higher self and I want you to see this beautiful light coming into your face and through your head, wherever in your neck or above, coming in any color that you want and it has a beautiful warmth to it. And as that light comes in, you can really feel what you're imagining now is your higher self and you just feel really like you're, you're pulling from all of your best intention for every single thing you know. And in this place, I would like for you to call your goal forward to place in front of you. So it appears in front of you, and we'll call it your goals. And maybe you see this in a beautiful bubble. It could be in a beautiful sphere. It could be presented in any way that's perfect for you, and you imagine that now. And I'd like for you to imagine that same warm light that's warming up your neck up, Area and I want you to imagine that now shining on the ball or orb or whatever vessel you have your goals in And I want you to imagine it warming up that space along with you now I'd like for you to call the highest intention up of your goals the higher self of each goal in this thing called goals so that you're meeting your highest intention with your goal's highest intention. I'd like for you to notice if there are any energetic cords attaching you to your goals. You might see some cords going to your mind, you might see some going to your hands, your feet, they could be anywhere, they could be behind you, wrapped around you. I want you to notice where these cords are attached to you. And as you notice these attachments, I'd like for you to look at each attachment now, starting from your head down. And I'd like for you to imagine this light, like a beautiful laser beam coming in and really like searing it and really attaching it in deep and well with heat and a beautiful color of your choice now.
0: And as you sear
1: these attachments into you, they're really solidifying. It's really it's really organizing. So there's no difference between you and where these connections exist to these goals. I'd like for you to look at the cords and where they attach on the goals. So wherever you see your cords going from your body towards these goals, I'd like for you to do the same with that beautiful, bright laser light searing your intentions and those attachment cords into those goals.
0: I'd like for you to notice
1: where you might want some cords of attachment to these goals. You may look at your attachments and think, boy, I'd like some more in the head space or I'd like some more action. So I'll put those in the foot space. I'd like to really wrap my arms around this goal. I'd like to have some attached hands so I really have a good grasp and a real good handle on it. And I'd like for you to add those cords of attachment now. And again, with that beautiful laser light, the color of your choice, I'd like for you to sear into your body those cords of attachment that you've just
0: added. And now, going
1: over to the goals, I'd like for you to see those cords of attachment you added, and I'd like for you to sear in with that beautiful laser color those attachments on your goals. For the broader light that was above you coming into you and coming into the goals, I would like for you to turn that heat up on that light more, and I would like for you to make it brighter, and I would like for you to literally absorb those goals in whatever form they show into your body now. So you're going to see that that element coming into you now, welcoming it in with the highest self and intention. I would like for you with thought language to say thank you. I would like for you with thought language to say thank you for the opportunity to serve in this way. And I would like for you to say with thought language that you are looking forward to manifesting everything that you've imagined attaching to stronger today. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes and come
0: back into the room. If I wasn't on a live podcast, I would have stayed there a lot longer. (laughs) <laughs> most people I, was, I
1: don't want to come back <laughs> yeah
0: that was beautiful and if people um if they listen to that and, and they were kind of just watching I invite them to go back and think of one goal and go through that experience because um I do self-hypnosis and all this kind of stuff all the time and I don't think there's ever been a time where someone's guided me through a process to bring forward something that I'm, I'm trying to create uh it hasn't been beneficial it's so wonderful and you you need to create the emotion and and in that state it's it's so much more powerful than being in the conscious mind running around doing all the the things that you need to do you know get to the emotional state you know create the chords, and you know it kind of makes me you know i i kind of go with that like yin yang where it's just like you want powerful emotion to the thing that you want and intention and then you know the Zen side is like the non-attachment, but it doesn't mean like you don't want it. It's like, no, you desperately want it, but it doesn't like define who you are as in like you're okay without it, but this is who you're becoming. You know, like if you want to be the world's best ping pong player, you dedicate to it, you visualize it, you love it, you bring it in. Uh, maybe you want to bring abundance for your family, you love it, bring it in. But you, wherever you are in the process, be complete there be be content there because it will always be the next thing but once you bring it in you're just saying i i am allowing this to happen this is my intention this is my power as a creator and as a human you know this is possible for me and i think that i love at the end when you talk about your last chapter i think it is is like um dream big or think big or what is it play 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 big. big You know, we, this world needs help. It needs people that are empowered. It needs people to step into their own uniqueness, their own power so that they can share that with others. And the more that you do it, you become the radiant example of what is possible for your community, for your friends, for your family. It's wonderful. So thank you for that experience. I really appreciate it. And um, we've covered a lot of area. I, one of the things I'm curious about is you talked about a little bit before is like connecting to spirit. And this is kind of like, the way that I've summarized it is like, once we give ourselves a worthy goal from our integrity, we know that's when you connect like so wholeheartedly emotionally to that goal. But a lot of people don't even know where to start. So I don't think you find it right away. Um, I think it's a process, especially if you've never asked the question, you're gonna have to start asking it and then it's gonna refine. Um, But once you've really connected to that thing, using these techniques, it's only a matter of time before it happens. And then it comes more magical, like you said, then you could even possibly imagine um so can you give a a tool or or a tip on how we can connect more with our hearts more with our spirit to just kind of discover that and move through life with that kind of um, energy and mm, let's just say energy for now Sure.
1: Well you were saying earlier about the fact that um, you know, the, the goal and whatever that is for the people, you know, some people want to just get out of bed in the morning. Like some sometimes the goal isn't lofty, sometimes it's just pure survival. And whatever that is, it can be anything. So for example, it could be a relationship situation, that orb. What did you see by the way, when I asked you to see it either? What form did that take? Was it an orb? Was it a
0: well yeah, so I, had, uh, I have a few things that I'm working on. So it was like a bunch of orbs, you know? And then during the process, it was one orb with them kind of floating around in some sort of like matrixy type of deal. And it's so good because I, I just love the process. And when, when I pull it in, I can feel the energy state of my body actually change. When I do right. meditations and, and really go into a deep state, I can feel it like like viscerally. So I know something's happening. It's, you know, you know, something's working.
1: Yeah. One of the things we want to do is like temperature changes and, you know, heart rate changes and all that kind of thing would be really neat if we had you all hooked up. That'd be so much fun. But what's neat about it is that that those orbs could have been anything. They could have been, you know, wellness orbs. They could have been relationship orbs that could have been relationship orbs to yourself could also be spirit orbs so again going back to your your question now is that the the idea of soul spirit is that thing that that rings to you that sounds to you and feels for you whether it's nature it could be mountains and you know pine trees it could be a place you've never been it could be xanadu we don't care where it is we care that it is that broader sense of you that sense of you that you know how when someone says your higher self like where I asked you to contact that part of you, because that's the part you want these intentional kinds of, um, of beautiful protocols to come from always with the highest intention. And in that, that's that moment's soul spirit. So soul spirit can even be the better part of you. Soul spirit can be your dog. Soul spirit can be that thing that really lights you up or it can be majesty. It can be God. It can be anything, you know, we're very symbolic, um, i have i don't have them here now, but you know symbolism is an eight year old thing that's that that part of you that subconscious part of you attaches to symbolism that has meaning so whatever it is that's meaning for you is the soul spirit now when we look at it in a broader sense, that is something bigger and broader and more controlling than we are of things around us um, and sometimes where we go when we feel out of control you know prayer and um you know, all of that meditation and and asking for guidance, your subconscious will help you so much. Even at night, if you have a question or, Uh, quandary or you need a solution or an answer just at nighttime next to your bedside write uh, write some questions or things that you need answers or solutions to and literally write them out on paper leave them there and in the morning you'll wake up with solutions and answers it's so fascinating because your subconscious loves to problem solve and i know a lot of this comes from soul spirit Science will tell you it's science, and that's beautiful, too, because even in scientists' minds that are nature and the magnetic pull of the earth and all of that, I mean, there's God in those places, too, however you want to look at it. The magic of science is its own soul spirit. So we don't exclude anyone's experience of that or interpretation of it. But what I ask you is use your subconscious mind to your benefit. That's what it's there for from the root of your survival. You know, you could go through all the chakras, you could say that's where it's all at higher self. That's where it's all at. That's where we want to be. But that pull of soul spirit for those that are believers in anything, again, it could be your dog. It could be the sun coming up in the morning. It doesn't matter what it is. It matters that it is, gives you that fullness of experience. You know, you were saying that you felt the orbs come into you and you felt like that. The action behind that is conscious. So now life can line that up for you. If you had tried to consciously think this exercise, you couldn't have done it because you'd had to make phone calls and you would have had to have pushed, you know, I want the things. It's like the tide. Nobody has to control the tide. It just comes in. And that's the part of the mind we're talking about, the part that draws it into you. So you don't have to flap so hard to get lift off
0: yeah absolutely i i love all that and i like the way that you're kind of framing all of that for it's your own understanding it's your own connection and honoring that and just really connecting to it in your own way um i think is extremely beautiful everything that you've shared in this podcast is very practical very applicable and um I just invite people to begin exploring these ideas. And so I guess what I want to ask you is if um, you could change one thing about humanity, like a belief or something, and you just did a magic wand, what would that be?
1: That when people are angry or upset that they're really in the ER, that, that they really are the ones suffering the emergency you know, we tend to back off from people that are upset or angry when they're in a state of frenzy or, you know, maniacal or whatever it is, but they are in the ER. And if, 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 if upset were a physical thing, they would be, you know, on a gurney somewhere. And that's, that's the seriousness. I I think we need to, to look at rage. We need to look at upset. That's what I, I would change. I would make it so that, first of all, you know, if you, if I really like had, where's my wand? I have the greatest wand. It's in the other room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hold on. Let me get my actual magic wand. I'll be right back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for the radio show, I used to make yes. all the guests to touch it. Everybody had to, like the producers, everybody had to touch the wand before we went on the air. It was the wand of passage. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it would be about it. be about the compassion for rage. And even if we didn't even have to have it, because it's such a serious thing. I mean, we see it right now everywhere and people are just really losing it. And that was another whole thing that I feel like just in time with the book. But anyway, yeah, it'd be the rage aspect that we could just get a grip on that.
0: I love that answer. I'm gonna ask a bonus question. What's your number (laughs) one tip for self worth and love? I feel like a lot of people struggle with that myself included just like kind of like, um, you know i, I saw a, a video of snoop dog actually it came up today and he was just like i want to thank myself for believing in myself i want to thank myself for not giving up i want to thank myself for putting in all the all the hard work i was like boy, snoop what a great great oh, message yeah. so you oh, know yeah. i think people are so hard on themselves you know i don't know why we're we're like this i don't know if it comes externally and internally or what the heck but you know one of the things that I've come up in, in for myself and helped others with, I call it like a personal declaration, like a charter of uh, agreements for how you treat yourself. Yeah. And it's just like, why would you treat yourself worse than you treat your friend or your dog? It doesn't make well, sense.
1: Taught to. I feel like we're taught to, you know, Johnny, don't be selfish. Johnny, give the toy to this one. I feel like we're taught to, you know, we're the first ones that are told to have accountability for the mistakes we make. And the last ones to be told to have accountability for the great things we do. And, you know, I a hundred percent agree. I think that's a, a great, um, observation.
0: So Those- what would, what would be your tip? <laughs> Someone just wants to be like, nice. I would just love it. It's just like, imagine like your internal dialogue was like your mother. Hopefully you had a supportive mother. If you don't, my condolences, cause I'm very fortunate that my mom was awesome. Um, but like, if that was like my internal dialogue all the time, it would be like the best.
1: Yeah. I think, I think again, um, looking at, everything, I guess, with a compassionate eye, you know, that's, that's been, that's been the biggest gift to me, is I, I kind of, you read Gavin's story, and and Gavin, you know, is, is clear about his upbringing in the book, but I, uh, I would say that, the, the greatest thing for self-worth is to be able to be compassionate because that's the get back from the give. You know, we're talking about give to get in the loop is that that compassionate look at different people and, and whatever, even the adverse, you know, awful things gives you back that sense of self. There's nothing like feeling like you're in alignment. That alignment is, is gold. And when you know you're walking that path and um, you know, again, that, the you, the, the only you there really is, is coming from your subconscious, period. I mean, I've got news. That is the you. That's the one that, you know, all your impulses, I'm hungry now, I'll eat now. Everything that is you comes from that place. And so uh, from that standpoint, I would say alignment with that for sure. And then, you're, and then you're good. Because if you're aligned, there isn't anything else. You know, you're, you're walking it, you're living it, it's happening.
0: Awesome. I love that. This whole episode has been pure gold, such applicable information. I appreciate you and your work. So what I want to ask you, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked you? Is there anything that you want to talk about or touch on before we end it and make sure to tell people where they can find your new best-selling book, which I highly recommend because I already know that is good because you described the principles. Those are good. And just apply them. It doesn't need to be complicated. You just need to do it.
1: Oh yeah, and it's not complicated because like I'm one of these people that carries reading material around with me like everywhere, but you don't have to carry anything with your brain. Your brain is already in you. You're already, you know, it's prepackaged. It's hundred percent natural, hundred percent organic, hundred percent sustainable.
0: Yeah, it's 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 like vegan or what is
1: it? Vegan and gluten
0: free, no problem.
1: it if you want to keep it that way but the the beautiful thing about the book is it's available at nationwide uh, retailers everywhere and it's online everywhere it was amazon number one bestseller and best new release on uh in its category on day three after it was out so we were very excited about that yeah Yeah, good for you that's amazing have a brain you're in the game so go get get to know yours (laughs) it's a beautiful thing
0: where can they find the book what's your website
1: Oh yeah, so KimberlyFriedMutter.com is my website, F-R-I-E-D-M-U-T-T-E-R, KimberlyFriedMutter.com. That's the website. There's a newsletter, but it's available everywhere at all uh, nationwide retailers and online.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for the human being you are. Thank Thank you you. for writing the book. Thank you for coming (laughs) on the podcast. And I invite everybody to check it out on your website.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Nice to know you, Matt.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Appreciate you tuning in. Peace. All right, guys, that wraps up that amazing episode with Kimberly Friedmutter. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you learned a lot. If you want to support, take a screenshot. Let me know where you're listening. Uh, Tag me on Instagram at Matt Belair. Share episodes. Leave reviews on iTunes. That helps. Patreon. Thank you so much to all my patrons. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair, toss a buck in the bucket, it helps immensely. $1.44. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but uh, the more people that do it, the more that it allows me to eat sandwiches while I continue to create these podcasts because they take a long time and they're super fun and inspirational, but also life is expensive, especially when you're traveling around trying to solve the mysteries of the universe and keep following all these rabbit holes. So um, anyway, I appreciate all the support. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are planning to go to London, England, Ju- June 19th to 23rd with David Lone Bear and the Star Teachings. We are looking to take some readings at Stonehenge, so all you people in London, in the UK area, reach out on Facebook, on Instagram, on social, wherever you are. Uh, let me know if you'd love to come to see David live, see myself live, to come with us to Stonehenge. We are inviting you and would love to meet you in person. Um, those of you guys who are interested in coaching, uh, there's a couple spots. Open this month, if you are looking to find and create a life that is inspired, balanced, and fulfilled, and you have no idea where you're going, there's a 12 week course that I've created specifically for you for that to uncover your passions and how to create that and actually experience that in your life. If you have an idea of where you'd like to go, even better, um. But some of the people that reach out, they say, I'm not really inspired right now. And I was like, no, that's the idea, is that there are ways to get you inspired. So if you're looking to get a clear direction, more fulfillment, more certainty, uh, there's a 12-week program I put together just for that. And if you're a high achiever, if you're already an entrepreneur, um, you're doing big things and you want to learn about high performance, mindset, consciousness, all of that kind of realm, or you want me to teach that to your employees, to your organization, Matt at zenathlete.com, and I will happily help you out. So that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to go out on my skateboard because it's sunny today and we have not been getting a lot of sun. So I'm going to take this opportunity to get, there to get out there on my skateboard and have some fun. I hope that you're having an amazing day and we will see you in the next episode. So let's just come to uh, peace and coherence to close this out. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. just let it out slowly filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with self-love self-worth empowerment energy and ready to take on the rest of this day thank you so much for listening and i will see you in the next episode